I think material sets all bands apart. You, know, just, you gotta have good material and, and that, that keeps you from sounding like someone else. Welcome to the Banjo Studio Podcast from Banjo Studio, your source for the finest in North American made banjos and Collins guitars and mandolins. Go to banjostudio.com on the web for an incredible selection of instruments and accessories. Hello, in this podcast recorded May 12th, 2020, we speak with banjo player Rob McCory, most known for playing with the Del McCory Band and the Traveling McCorys. All right, how's the lockdown going for you? Everything all right? Oh, yeah, you know, kind of, well, I've really kind of been enjoying it, making the most of it, you know, the longest time I've ever been home, you know, yeah. my, still with my kids and everything. So. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Great, great, great. Well, uh, I want to talk to you about what you're working on these days. Actually, what 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 do you what what do you what do you most been up to, or what are you thinking of working on? I, I figured I'd start right in the present with you. I do these things from different directions, but I thought it'd be sure. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> if it hadn't been for all this, we probably would have had. I know we would have. Uh, we probably would have finished up another record with my dad by now. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. So, so you're about to start one with him. Yeah, we actually got it started uh, several months ago, and then uh, we we had uh, actually had blocked some time off during this time. You know, we blocked some time off the road to be in the studio and, and cut a bunch of stuff with that, and also the Traveler. We would have we definitely would have been started on another record for the Travel McCurries as well by now. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, we're still. Still social distancing. So. Yeah. Yeah. But see, we did get together. The other, we got together on Sunday and uh, uh, social social distanced and uh, picked some. It's the first time we'd played since first week of March. Yeah, yeah, I know the feeling. I, I had the same thing last week. I went and played with a couple of people at a distance, and so uh, <laughs> it, it's so interesting what's going on now so okay so he's he's got he's got a record that's that's that, that would that would be coming up and uh and what kind of stuff are you doing there is this uh um you know he's uh dad has got uh well we've also dad my brother and myself well we do a radio show on serious you know handpicked by dale and, really uh, okay so uh you know, we, we had to avoid that for a little while too, but we got started back about three weeks ago, I guess. And, and, uh, the weather's nice, you know, we, we can do it. We, <laughs> my brother and myself sat outside and dad sits in the Florida room of his house. And so we're, you know, spread out, but, uh, we've been doing that too. But your dad, he's got, I haven't even heard all the stuff he's got ready to go now, but he's, he's got, uh, about 25 songs to, uh-huh. To, uh, that he's he's kind of got them down you know he's recorded them just you know at home there and just put them down for us to all uh all of us to hear and something to go by you know template i guess if you will so so is that uh, how you uh heard primarily, you, primarily that's how you learn things with each other he records stuff and then and then pass it to you and then you work it out from there well actually we usually just all get together and work them out you know uh-huh. but yeah, I've never story these days right now. So. But uh I think uh well hopefully this will hopefully this will clear out. And uh, I mean as of right now we <laughs> we're not going out on the road till 
probably at the earliest August. So hopefully we'll have time to make all of this happen. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you have an interesting experience in growing up in in the music and so close to this music. Uh, I, I, I think everyone would be interested in what the experiences of growing up uh, really that close to a uh, very traditional end of the music uh, and uh, and what what was that like? I mean, in terms of in terms of how you really decided to start, uh, where did you see yourself starting to want to be involved in the music that way? Well, you know, I you know, I, well, there never was a time that music wasn't around in my house. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. obviously, his dad, my dad, he started. He started, you know, playing professionally in I think nineteen fifty seven or fifty eight. So, right. Um, and he always, you know, he he uh, he wasn't a full time musician when we were kids. You know, he 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 still played a lot. He'd get out and play the clubs and play some of the festivals. And hold on one second. Hey, will you take this to mom and have her call the exterminator back? For <laughs> it. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, we. Uh, you know, just being around it our whole lives, you know, when I was about, when I was about eight years old, I, I got the bug to play the banjo uh -huh. and, uh, and dad, my dad, that, that was his first instrument, banjo. So oh, really? okay. he, uh, he got me started, you know, and, uh, and my brother, he really started playing mandolin about the same time. Of course, he's, he's, uh, four years older than I am, but, uh, -huh. Um, we both started playing at the same time. You know, probably part of that's like he actually started before I did. You know, and little brother wants to do whatever big brother's doing. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was probably a part of it. You know, but uh, Dad, he would have his band members, and and there was a lot of good bluegrass pickers around when we grew up in in South Central Pennsylvania. There was lots of them. Really. Man. Once, uh, once my brother and myself, once we got going, you know, and dad, uh, dad, he quit. He, he went, I see, I think I was about, I was probably about 12 or 13. Um, my dad, he was, he was a logger. He worked in the woods, you know, mm -hmm. but when I was about 12 or 13, he, uh, he decided to, hang up the chainsaw to see if he could make it strictly on music, you know? And, uh, well then, you know, he, he had a little more time on his hands. So a lot of times just any random night of the week, you know, dad, he'd call up a couple more guys and they'd come over and me and dad, and my brother, and these other guys would jam, you know, uh -huh. till, till, uh, probably later than we should have been to get up and go to school the next day. But, you know, <laughs> uh -huh. And I think that's that's really when the bug bit. Then it's like, man, this is this is a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. And seeing Dad with with his uh, buddies and bandmates, you know, playing and just jamming, sitting in the kitchen playing, you know, rehearsing stuff, you know, it was like, man, that that's fun. You know, mm -hmm. see how much fun these guys are having. You know. Yeah. Um. Then it just went from there. You know, when I was about uh, when I was fifteen. I started full time with dad, man. Uh -huh. And uh, I think my brother was 14 when he started full time. So, wow. Missed a little bit of school, missed a lot of Mondays. 
Right. <laughs> wow. So, uh, did you, um, uh, in terms of that, I mean, well, you know, he, he was working, he had, to, he had a regular day job, but you've been a professional to the whole, your whole life, right? That's basically your. Yeah, you know, well, oddly enough, though, when I was in, <clears throat> when I was in school, when I was in high school, senior year, you know, you could have, if you had a job, you could have, you know, work release, you'd get out of school early. Yeah. And, uh, and I had, uh, you know, I, I had enough credits and, st- and classes and stuff. If, as long as I <laughs> did okay with that, I would graduate, you know. So I thought, that sounds pretty good to me, getting out of school early. And, uh, and my dad was also, uh, he wasn't a mechanic by trade, but he was a good mechanic. Uh-huh. And he worked on everything we owned, you know, bus to the cars to the truck, whatever. And, uh, and I was, was right there with him a lot, you know, and, and, uh, took interest in that. Well, that's long story short, my senior year of high school, I got a job at a shop working on vehicles. And, uh, after I graduated, I stayed there for about another two or three years, you know, working wow. on vehicles. And then, uh, we moved to Nashville and, uh, which was the best thing we, we ever did really for, music obviously and and i came down here and i got acquainted with a guy who's in the timber business and uh he would let me work if i had time off he'd let me work with him you know wow. and uh, so i worked in the woods too so you know wow uh, you know how back then you know it was it was festivals all summer and then you know, it's kind of hit and miss in the fall and the winter and stuff. So I had some time off. I'd go work then, you know. And uh, but then, you know, things got going worse. You know, it's, you, you can't you can't tell what time of year it is by how busy you are. You know, seems like just uh-huh. we we work a lot. You know, thankfully, you know, we work a lot. <laughs> well, we were working a lot, <laughs> but. Uh, how, how did you yeah, grab for the most part? Oh, sorry, carry on. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, but yeah, just for the most part, I've been a, uh, pretty much a full-time musician since I was 15. You know? Wow, wow. <laughs> and uh, how did you gravitate towards the, the banjo style of playing that you did? I mean, there's so many incredible directions in banjo out there, but what made you choose the direction or, the, or go for the sound that you that you ended up with or that you're working on? You know, uh, when I started, my dad, he loved Earl Scruggs, you know, and I do too. <laughs> but when I, when I started, he told me, he said, you know, there's a lot of different ways of playing. But he said, if you can learn what this guy did, you can learn that style, you can go anywhere you want to after that because that's basically what everybody else is doing. They, they got to have that first you know and uh so i did you know and and i love earl scruggs man uh, and then i really got uh when i heard uh you know dad he had a lot of records and uh i got to digging through the records one day right after i started learning and came across this record by the osborne brothers uh-huh. I put that on, and uh, that was 
I'm, I'm still just a humongous Osborne Brothers fan. But Sonny, Sonny Osborne, he's definitely one of my heroes. He, he kind of took, he took Earl's thing, and then he went a little further with it, you know, and, and played his way of doing it. You know, that was, um, in in my opinion, he was he was he was the next guy to take it on down the line. You know, and what, you, what was what was what would you say his development was? What was he doing that was that was new on You know, he was uh, funky, man. He was funky. <laughs> he played some cool stuff, you know, real bluesy stuff, and just uh, almost a guitar approach to it, I think. And uh, uh-huh. um, and then also. Uh, he played uh, a lot of like pedal steel with the bands and stuff and these chord bands and stuff on a banjo that no one had really done much of that before. You know, uh-huh. there was one other guy that did some of that stuff before him that I know of. And that was Alan Shelton. He was another great banjo player. And uh, he actually had a pedal banjo at one point where he really he had, to, he had a pedal hooked up to, to, uh, I don't know if it was his second string or the third string. And when he wanted to bend that note, you know, he could step on the pedal and it would bend it. Wow. The right now. <laughs> but, uh, he said that something about it though, it was uh something about it. He never could get it perfected. He said it, it would break strings a lot. Mm-hmm. It would break the string. So <laughs> he did away with the pedal and just started doing it with his fingers, you know? Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, he was another, Another great one is, you know, I listened to all these guys last night. I was like, I got in this just banjo frame of mind and started listening to all my, all the greats that I, in my opinion, you know, uh-huh. Don Reno, Earl Scruggs. Uh-huh. I did read, you look, you're looking at Don Reno a lot. And what were you, what were you seeing there? Don't tell me about Don, when you, when you, when you, when you, when you saw that or what, what, what got you about Don Reno's playing? You know, he definitely, you know, he, he was a total stylist. He had his own way of doing it, you know, and he was a, he was a great guitar player too. Mm-hmm. Just an absolute great guitar player. He was, uh, at one point, Ernest Tubb get offered him the job of being his lead guitar player. Mm-hmm. But, uh, he didn't take it, but I think that was also about the time he, uh, he went to war. He, uh, was drafted, I believe, but he, uh, um, yeah, his style of playing was uh, single string playing, you know, more guitar ish, and uh, and his uh, and of course he 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 brush it with his thumb, you know, just like a flat picker would be playing something, you know, uh-huh. all down strokes though, you know, all down, and uh, just a total different way of doing things, you know. Uh-huh. I'm a huge fan, huge fan of that. Uh-huh. <laughs> And so, would you say that you were really just trying to put together a style that was based out of the out of out of the people that you were seeing, or was it coming from? Yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's totally. Uh, it's just, uh, I guess, the way I play is pretty much. Uh, yeah, it's what I've took from all these guys that I like, and it's kind of the way I play. You know, it's. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, you know, just, uh, I guess a blend of all those guys. And I always liked the, 
the bluesy stuff, the bluesy part of a banjo as far as, uh, I would dad him being such a bluesy singer and everything that a lot of, uh, a lot of that really suits, you know, uh-huh. to, to, to try and play what he's singing. You, you gotta be, you gotta play the blues, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. And, uh, so I guess a lot of it, a lot of what you're saying, a lot of a lot of the style comes from 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 the practical side of how you how you work out the, the music with your father. I guess it's sure, yeah, yeah, that's amazing. So and um, in putting together your music, like I know you, but you you don't you know you have that record that that I heard the one record. I, you've probably done more recordings than that, but the ones under 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 your own name. What's your approach for this? I mean, how do you approach? putting together what you wanted to do with that record? You know, I, the best I remember, I, I uh, just kind of sat down, you know, in peace and quiet somewhere. And I just I took a notebook and started writing down all these tunes that, that I could think of that I knew, you know, not something I had, well, some of them I had to go back and kind of relearn a little bit, but tunes that I, I had learned through the years and, and then, uh, you know, I just kind of looked them over and there's some that were, you know, there was some on that list that had been recorded a lot by a lot of artists, you know. So I kind of drew a line through those. <laughs> <laughs> and then I saved what I thought was, uh, would be good and, and a good variety of stuff in different tunings and different tempos and, and, uh, things that hadn't that as far as I knew hadn't been recorded that much, you know, so uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. that's kind of what I did with it. <laughs> Definitely wasn't rocket science. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, uh-huh. That was, uh, yeah, that's about it. You know, when I was, uh, 14, I had, had some guests on my record with me, some heroes. Uh-huh. And, uh, of course I had, I had all the guys in our band, Del McCurry band was, was a band on my record. So. Right, right, right. Yeah. I didn't see any need in changing that up because we all know, if, well, we played together so much, you know, it's pretty easy for us to get together and get in the studio and, and cut something, you know, cut it a couple of times and mm-hmm. pretty well done, except for maybe a fix here and there, you know. Wow. <laughs> At least on their part. <laughs> Interesting. And so, uh, do you have? Are you looking forward to doing more of your own solo work, or uh, what do you? What's your... Yeah, yeah, I'd like to do another one before too long. You know, it's a... same kind of process. I think you're just going to cross things off the list and go at. Yeah, you know, I, I'll uh, probably go back to that list I started and, and add to it. You know, and uh, maybe uncross a few of those other ones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dig them back out but uh yeah it'd be fun you know you know and nowadays with uh with the way you can make a record I mean, it's, it's pretty easy to make records anymore you know you can yeah. you know, almost i mean i could almost do it in the garage with very little you know yeah and uh you know it's in fact i have done a few overdubs for you know people send the send a track, you know, and they want, want me to play on it. Uh, I call, I call our sound guy that we carry on the road with us. And, 
he comes over with his stuff and about five minutes we're set up ready to yeah. <laughs> ready to put the track you know play to the track you know just, um, of course a lot of guys they have that capability they just they get those tracks sent to them and they're set up they just boom right there do it and send it back yeah well you're in nashville too it's like a, the whole world of world of people who operate like that from there <laughs> yeah it's uh you know that's that's one thing you know I've, I've got buddies that do a lot of that and i've talked to them through all this and they're like you know they're mostly you know most are they're road musicians too but they're like well man you know i got this i still got this going on so they're still you know they're still making some money as we go along here and that's mm-hmm. good that's that's good you know <laughs> tough time you know mm-hmm. interesting so and uh tell me more about the experience of growing up with, around that music and around around your father and the, and the kind of uh, the kind of musicians that you ended up around from a very young age must have had a very big influence on you the ones directly were there that even weren't directly touched yeah absolutely you know actually my wife she's she loves the good old bluegrass too, and she's not very knowledgeable of it. She was raised around it too. Her dad wasn't a professional player, but he was—he did play banjo, and he was a huge fan of of the old traditional bluegrass, you know. Uh-huh. And uh, we were talking about, kind of talking about that last night. I said, you know, we're listening to all these great players, and I'm like, I, you know, I was, I was just. I don't know. I guess I was just old enough that I got to know almost every one of my heroes. You know, I mean, there was a couple of them who were gone before, before I ever came around. But when I was uh, starting out on the road with dad, these, all these guys that I just thought was the greatest thing in the world, we were playing shows with, you know, (laughs) and and I'd get to hang out with them. And, and, uh, you know, they were all, very gracious to J.D. Crow and Sonny Osborne, man, those guys, they'd show me anything. They'd just, here, that's how you do it, you know? <laughs> if I had a question there. And, uh, you know, with the exception of Earl Scruggs, Earl, he was off the road by then, but after we came to town, I got to, I got to meet Earl and got, got to know him and we got, you know, to hang out and have jam sessions and, it was just, it was an incredible time when, when we moved here. I moved to Nashville in 92, and it was just an incredible time. Uh, uh, one of my dear friends, Larry Perkins, he's a banjo player as well. He was uh, really good friends with Earl Scruggs and, and a lot of the pickers in town. But he, uh, like, I forget now, it was like every Wednesday night, it was just, it was just, it was known on uh, Wednesday night she went to Larry's house because there's going to be a picking party. Uh-huh. You go over there and walk in, and there's Earl Scruggs and John Hartford, Benny Martin, Vassar Clemens, you know, wow. Roy Husky Jr., all these just incredible dudes sitting around playing and, you know, getting to know them, all, all these guys that had I never came to town, I probably, you know, I may have met them, but that would have been the end of that. Probably. I mean, just, but kind of had friendships with all of them. Wow. Yeah. That was really cool. That lasted several years. It was just, it was just 
No, that's where you're going on Wednesday night. <laughs> and get his out. <laughs> Fantastic thing. Well, that's mm. that's really something. So you get to meet everybody and ask everyone questions, and that, that, that I mean, that's that's a massive music education just from. Yeah, and, and you know, getting being able to, you know, when, when you're really just first learning to be able to, for me anyway, to be able to, you know, put a visual on <laughs> what you're hearing, but to see how someone's doing it and someone who already written knows how to do it well, like their technique and, you know, just the way they hold their hands and, you know. <clears throat> That makes a huge difference. I mean, nowadays, I guess there's, well, there's YouTube, so many ways of learning anymore that weren't available back then. Yeah. You know, I could, I, I, I can see how it'd be hard for people to, you know, not, not know like technique, you know, not that I have the greatest, but you know, a lot of people, they, they don't really know how to hold a pick the right way or they're, or they, they don't know how to hold their hands where it's it's the most effective way, most efficient way to get the job done, you know. Uh -huh. Um the way you train yourself to to do, you know. Nowadays my <laughs> my nephew, my brother's oldest boy, he's he's a really good guitar, really, really good guitar player. Hmm. And uh you know, he uh he's kind of started on electric. And uh, I was over at their house one day, and you know, he's playing around on his electric. You know, I wasn't any time later, a couple months later, I go over there and he's rocking, man. He's, <laughs> <laughs> and he's playing all he's playing solos of these classic rock tunes that I grew up listening to. Him. Like, I mean, he came along really quick, all right? I wow. said, Man, where'd you learn all that? And he said, YouTube. <laughs> sit there and get on YouTube and, and you have, you know, personal instruction right there in front of you. And he's like, and you put it all together. You know? <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Different times then actually. And speaking about that, how do you feel, how do you see, you know, I mean, you come in a way, I mean, you're split between a traditional background, but like you said, you grew up doing rock too. You know, you knew all those rock tunes you were growing up and stuff. And how do you feel about, um, let's see, I guess the difference between tradition and innovation in 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 what you play, which is a really uh, a style of music with traditional trappings, but it has popular trappings too. So, I mean, how do you how do you uh, how do you understand those two forces in in, in music? <laughs> you know. My dad was, but he was still very open-minded about music. He always, always was, you know, he always knew that, you know, to, to be successful, you have to kind of, you have to do your own thing, you know, do your own thing. And, uh, and that means, you know, your own material, you know, he says, you know, a good song can come from anywhere. You know, he's cut, you know, he's cut songs from Robert Cray and Tom Petty and, you know, all kinds of stuff, you know, but done up in a bluegrass style. And uh, I don't know if this is answering your question or not, but one time he told me, he said, you know, there's only two kinds of music. There's good music and there's bad music. <laughs> <laughs> he said, 
but that doesn't mean that's bad music to someone else. It's just not what you're into. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> and uh, he's like, you know, as long as if uh, whatever you think is good, you go with. You're gonna be fine because you know it's kind of like the <laughs> you know the there's the possibilities are endless for for you as far as you know when they say the world is your oyster you know <laughs> um you know with with the traveling with courage you know we obviously we we, we well we, we sound different we haven't we have another guy we have another guitar player that's you know but uh you know we we knew from get-go we we had to be different there for sure i mean because we didn't want to be just just compared to the del mccurry band without that you know? <laughs> <laughs> and you know some of that still happened but you know we're, we're i think we've carved out our own niche and, and kind of the way we're going with with what we're doing there and uh, um you know just material I, I think material sets all bands apart you know just mm -hmm. you gotta have you gotta have good material and and that that keeps you from sounding like someone else You've been listening to the Banjo Studio Podcast with your host, Jonathan Fralick. Head over to BanjoStudio.com for a great selection of American-made banjos and Collings guitars. 